Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. And today we have an exciting announcement and an episode that I've been looking forward to for a long time. We are kicking off season three of the Road to the Trials podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking to my good friends, Stephanie Flippin and Peter Bromka. Stephanie was in season one of Road to the Trials several years ago. And Peter has shared his journey to an OTQ or a potential OTQ just so eloquently in his writing over the past five years. And it's just been so much fun talking to them through their journeys. And I wanted them to join me as we kick off season three of Road to the Trials. So I'm going to have this episode out on the Ramley Runner podcast. That's where you're hearing it right now. It is also out on the Road to the Trials feed. If you haven't already done so, or maybe you were a subscriber to Road to the Trials in the past, and it's been about a year and a half since season two ended. So maybe you ended your subscription uh, or ended your follow uh, a year and a half ago. Please go over there and subscribe again because we're going to be kicking it off. We're going to be doing just like in season one. We're going to be doing one or two episodes a week, and it's going to be so much fun. In the first month or so, we're going to have two episodes a week as we do an intro episode with all of our new people that we're going to be featuring. And as you're going to hear shortly, it is an august group of people. And I am just so excited to be following everybody. We're launching this on February 3rd, 2023, which means we're going to be following these folks for exactly one calendar year. So I also want to give a shout out to, to Lagoon, Lagoon Pillows, they sponsored this episode of the Railing Runner podcast, and they, oh God, these pillows, they are the best. They are the best. You'll hear the ad later on the podcast, but trust me, you're going to want to try the Lagoon Pillow. It's a five-year guarantee, and you take a quiz to identify exactly the pillow you want, and it is absolutely remarkable. So links to, the, links to that all in the show notes, but now we're going to get into this episode of Road to the Trials. Hello and welcome to a collaboration with the Rambling Runner podcast and the Road to the Trials podcast, both hosted by me, Matt Chittam. And today I'm joined by Stephanie Flippin and Peter Bromka, two people who are no strangers to the Road to the Trials journey. And today we are going to be announcing this is an announcement episode for season three of Road to the Trials. We are going to be following these amazing eight people for 365 days, February 3rd to February 3rd of 2024. I cannot wait for this and for this announcement. Two people that I love dearly, who become very good friends of mine, again, who are no strangers to this journey. Stephanie Flippin, who was on season one of this podcast, and Peter Bromka, who has lived his Road to the Trials journey very much in a public <laughs> setting as well. First of all, Stephanie, thank you for coming back. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. And Peter, thank you for joining us as well. Happy to be here again. Yeah, I crash landed your crashed. I feel like I crashed your party the first time, so I'm happy to be invited back for season three. <laughs> so many offline jokes I could share right now that we said before this podcast started, but we're going to keep those offline. Well, this is going to be so much fun. I can't wait for this, but let me first just say before we dive into all of it okay, this is season three of Road of the Trials for season one. We followed marathoners getting ready for the 2020 marathon trials in Atlanta, which we had eight people as well. We followed people for about, I think, six to eight months. Stephanie was, was basically yeah. what we did for mm -hmm. that one. And then, again, because of all the COVID stuff, the track trials got pushed back a year. Mm -hmm. So unlike this this coming cycle, there was a extended break between the, the Olympic trials for the marathon and the Olympic trials for the track. So then the following spring, we had an abbreviated season, season two, following six people on the track. And here we are, season three, we're going to blow it out Hi. a full year. We have five nice. amazing women and three amazing women and three amazing men that we are going to follow which is going to be very exciting stephanie when you think back yeah. to getting ready for the 2020 trials and again for mm -hmm. you, you know going you know letting people into your journey every step mm -hmm. along the way and this was we should say before you were a pro mm -hmm. runner this was yeah. at a very different stage totally. in your life mm -hmm. what, what, what are some of the things that you reflect on during that time yeah um you know for me, like you just mentioned, it was a totally different time in my life. Um, actually, Matt, I credit a lot of that journey, though, to where I am today and just kind of helping build my confidence in myself, like throughout my like my current professional career. Um, like, I won't lie, it was, you know, it was a challenge, um, you know, that I kind of had to work through putting my goals very like out there publicly um, and kind of having my training like magnified um, to the public. Um, 
But I took a lot of valuable lessons from it. It was a wonderful experience, especially getting to to connect with the other people that you had on um, season one. Um, And I felt like I learned a lot about myself in terms of like where I really wanted to go um, with my running career. Um, And I'm not sure that I would be where I am right now um, without having gone through that total process. Mm. Um, It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And when you were on for season one, you you were the kind of the outlier of the group, right? We had mm-hmm. seven people on who had already qualified yeah. for the trials. Mm-hmm. Several of them were, if not odds on favorites to make the team very close sure. to it um, yeah. in a matter of speaking. And we're with you. The you were in the situation where the getting to the trials was the goal. So the was podium at the trials mm-hmm. wasn't the goal. It was just getting right. to Atlanta. And Peter was living that same journey from afar mm-hmm. with, with all of his writing on the topic. Yeah. That was, I know that was one of the things that was so exciting for people following the following that season mm-hmm. because a lot of people came over from the Rambling Runner podcast to listen mm-hmm. to it and you know, living that dedicated amateur lifestyle saw themselves yeah. in you in, in a very real way. And even then, it wasn't like you were knocking on the door of 245. You were like no. 12 to 15 minutes away from it at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. like people really were excited to see, all right, like this is no guarantee that she's going to make it. Like this is yeah. going to be a stretch goal and let's kind of follow mm-hmm. along. Yeah, you know, and I think I think there's a lot of merit in that, too. Um, You know, of course, like if I were to like go back in time and like examine myself 2018, 2019, of course, I had a very long way to go, especially in terms of like just developing like maturity, mental fitness, emotional fitness. Um, But at the same time, I think like I don't have any regrets about like and I'm sure Peter can attest to that, too. I've never I never regret putting big, scary goals out there, Um, especially for me as a coach. I think it sets a really good example for others to not be afraid um, to reach higher and higher. Um, You know, if we have a carrot dangling in front of our face, that's like too low. You know, it's like you're you're kind of always self-limiting yourself um, if you're always setting goals that, you know, are, you know, relatively speaking, like attainable. Um, so, yeah, I, like I said, I, I have no regrets about putting um, putting myself out there. Um, you know, I, I think it does take a lot of confidence in your own journey, though, and understanding that like, hey, this might not happen. Hey, there might be others out there listening or watching that maybe think that like, you know, objectively, like this doesn't make any sense, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and that, that can be tough. It, it really can. Um, and, and that's something that's a process that I still work through every day just because I don't have that kind of stereotypical, um, not stereotypical, but that traditional like high school collegiate pedigree. I don't have that. Um, so it's something where, like I said, I, I continually have to work through that process. Yeah. And I feel like by the end of that season, I, it felt like just beginning to know you even better. And I think mm-hmm. people who listen to this show could probably sense it as well, that there was kind of a change that had happened for you, especially in like the second half of that season yeah. where I think you started to really come to grips with like, Hey, maybe my future here as a runner is not on the roads and yeah. fast forward. Like you end up becoming like a professional trail runner. Like, yeah. <laughs> not, right. not long thereafter. Yeah. You know, it, like when you, when you embark on a journey, it's like you, you're working towards this goal. That's like what you see like happening and kind of like coming to fruition. But yeah, you're so right. Kind of the opposite happened for me. I was like, Oh wait, like, you know, and then of course like 2020 unfolded the way it did with the pandemic. But for me, it was like, huh, like maybe I really actually do love this hundred mile distance thing. Um, but yeah, I, I credit so much of that season two to developing myself as an athlete. Um, I would not be where I am today, especially just in terms of developing that speed too. Mm-hmm. Um, really beneficial for me. And Peter, when you think back on the 12 months that preceded Atlanta and, and how much time that you had spent kind of leading into that, when you reflect back and specifically on you know 2019, in the beginning of 2020, besides just like certain races or certain race results, what first comes to mind for you just about that that 12 month period? That guy was crazy. <laughs> that's what that's what comes to mind as I look back and I'm like that guy was nuts. Um, I was just like full on leaning out, living. <laughs> I just feel like the guy in the storm, just like leaning over the balcony, like this is totally fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> um, like I was just training as hard as I could. I was so locked in. I feel like everything. I mean, I've written about that process, but um, it's fun as time has passed, both that I documented it publicly on Instagram and that I've documented it in essays. Cause even looking back at the essays I wrote a year later, it's been three years since then. And I'm able to be like, Whoa, 
Easy, easy. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, <laughs> I have like a little bit of weekly um, mental, you know, gymnastics with myself of like, how do I, how do I get back to that level if I, am I beyond that sort of beyond that moment in my life because mm. I really enjoy so many elements of it. I could talk for an hour about all the nuance and I write all about it, but I'm like, wow, that guy was all in. And, and mm. there was reason to be all in because of like all the steps up the ladder were like, they were clicking, you know, click, 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 click. And so <laughs> when it is like that, you're sort of like, well, yeah, I'm just going to keep climbing this mountain. Like, what do you mean? We're not, we're not going back and we're not pausing. We're just going to keep ascending, uh, which is, I've also come to realize is like super fortunate. You know, it's, um, it takes, and I'm sure some of the people you're going to reveal uh, for this season, like have been through ups and downs and it's a totally different way to enter a journey like this. If you are coming off of, um, a, total smash hit versus an injury versus a series of injuries. So like um, I had been fortunate to really be like, yep, I'm on this and we're, we're just going to keep going. Whereas it's become, I'm not going to claim that like I started it, but it's become like a bit of a thing to start to say like, I'm going for it. I'm going to go for the trials. And I think it's really cool. And a lot of obviously so many women qualified that that inspired like, you know, 10 X of their friends. Um, and so I guess what I would say is like there is absolutely a value in people declaring these audacious goals. At times, I have started to want my mind goes to like wanting to hear a little bit more about like their next steps. You know, it's like I'm going to climb Everest, and you're like, cool. Like, when are you thinking of buying a ticket to get over to Asia? You know, mm -hmm. it's like. Mm -hmm. Don't have a plan for that, and you're like, okay. Um, <laughs> I got my vacation uh, time. Is that count? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. Um, I think I bought a nice axe, and you're like, okay. I mean, that's not nothing. Um, because I was again, I was like a, a crazy person about all the details and all these things and all the what it meant. Um, or I've had friends. You know, I'm really not here to. People can approach it from different ways. People are like, I'm gonna race six marathons this year, and I'm like, mm. oh, okay. That's that's. <laughs> That's a way to approach it. And th that that could work for some people. I knew that couldn't work for me. Um, mm -hmm. But that's what, what makes it fun. And I guess what I would say is like, cool, if you're in, in for this, that's awesome. But like, be in for this for a while, because that makes it more interesting, more fun and more likely to succeed than the like, mm -hmm. you, you see some people be like, I'm all in. And then, you know, two months later, they're like, I think I'm doing a track season because I think I'm more in track. And you're like, a track season can help your marathon. But like, are, did you just change okay anyways um it's a whole thing um so i'm excited for yeah this we're 12 months out i think it's fun to look back and then be like whoa that sort of covid time warp i'm like we're already here in yeah. the final 12 months like Agreed. these next 12 months are gonna be nuts they are definitely gonna be nuts that is gonna be so true and that was kind of like my thinking was like all right why how long do i want to follow these people if they're willing <laughs> to be followed and that's when i was like all right you know what especially because as people will hear Half of the people that we're going to be uh, we're going to reveal have qualified for the trials and <laughs> are legitimate contenders to be on the podium. That's for sure. And then the other four people are in a unique situation, kind of like Stephanie's, um, <laughs> in terms of like, hey, getting to the trials is a big step for them. But also, some of these people are are not merely trying to get to the trials. So they want to get to the trials and then do something big there as well. So I think we're going to have a pretty pretty wide swath of people. And the goal for this. And I told every single person who was going to be on the show the same thing. And I don't know, Stephanie, if we had the same conversation four years ago. And but the, was it four years ago? My Gosh, God, my mind is playing tricks on me. But how? <laughs> but um, and that's, I want to get as diverse a group of people as possible for this. And when I say as diverse group of as diverse a group of people, I mean that in every sense of the word. Right? Mm -hmm. Not just merely in the sense that everyone's first their mind first goes to, but also like from an age perspective, from mm -hmm. a background perspective, from a running experience perspective, like their path to even get to the trials perspective, as we'll hear from a couple mm -hmm. different people here. I want to have as many different kinds of stories here as possible because I just think that's more interesting. And personally, I like it better. So that, it's yeah. my show. This is, this is what I yeah. want to do. <laughs> but I think it's also more interesting for the people listening and following along to have this such different paths all to Orlando on February 3rd. And I think hopefully that that's the sense that people get. And yeah. I'm excited for a year out, 
you'll be touching base with people and you can hear their different strategies of how they're going to approach the next year. If you started, <laughs> say, in August, I think it can get a little weird. You're like, well, I'm really focused on the trials and and like you just yeah, get we're in all this... doing a fall marathon and we're all going to get ready for the trials. Yeah. Yeah. You kind yeah. Of go, OK. Versus, yeah, there might be different approaches or <laughs> I mean, you end up with the like. How late in the fall can you do a marathon right. before it starts to eat into your February prep? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's basically a January marathon, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so you go, you can just enter this sort of quiet zone where it's like, yeah, yeah. everyone's just preparing versus mm -hmm. there's going to, people have to do things and they got to try, like, and the confidence is going to go up and down in the next mm -hmm. six months. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm not going to tease the people anymore. I'll bring up okay. the people's name, do a quick right. little while. We'll, we'll have some fun little conversations about everybody. Again, this isn't like a full preview episode where we're going to dissect everyone's person's, every person's chances of making the trials. No, we're going to talk about fun little things about the people, just introduce them to you and then over the next four weeks, each person's going to have a full intro episode where you'll get to know them even more. There are going to be certain people on here that you probably know very well, other people that you probably don't know very well at all, and <laughs> the intro episodes will kind of reflect that. Um, so we'll get into those as well, but this isn't going to be a full download on every single person, just a little teaser, a little fun little episode. And at the end, we can just also just talk about the journey, some things to expect from this kind of show, and if we can just kind of banter about different things like, hey, like... <laughs> Houston, Houston's <laughs> not going to matter this time, right? Like last year, it was like Peter and so many other people were at Houston. Like, mm, that's yeah. not going to be in the cards this year, right? And it's going to be just a, a changing calendar and things like that. So we can touch that on that stuff at the end. So the names of the people. So this, so this time, in the past, we've had equal number, men and women. This time, we don't. We have five women, three guys. This year, the women are Nell Rojas, Sarah Vaughn, <laughs> Danny Moreno, Yes. Carmen Graves and Jeremy Rivera. On the men's side, we have CJ Albertson, Nico Montanez, and Ramiro Guillen, otherwise known. I have to say that. I have to say that the rest of the time. It's kind of like introducing <laughs> Mike Coe, otherwise known as Kafuzi. Yeah. We, have, we have Ramiro Guillen, also known as DJ Curly. So I said yes. before, we have four people who have already qualified for the trials. These are <laughs> household names in the running community. People who are listening to this probably know all of these people between very well and pretty well, that is Nell Rojas on, and Sarah Vaughn on the women's side. On the men's side, we have C.J. Albertson and Nico Montañez. Nell Rojas and C.J. probably don't need any introduction to the vast majority of people who are listening to this. Nell Rojas is easily one of the top 10 <laughs> women's runners in America, an extremely strong athlete whose Wikipedia page still says she's a professional triathlete. In case you're wondering, <laughs> how's, how versatile is, is Nell Rojas? We need to update that. Dear Internet, please update Nell Rojas. Sarah Vaughn on Wikipedia is referred to as a middle distance runner. Well, <laughs> not during this cycle she isn't. She's certainly an accomplished track athlete who has been <laughs> one of the best in America for a long time at a variety of distances, um, going all the way from middle distance all the way up to the 5K. She debuted at CIM a little over a year ago, went sub 230 in that race, and then ran even faster this year at Chicago. She is absolutely, just like Nell, going to be contender for the top three. And she is a full-time uh, real estate agent and a mm -hmm. mom whose daughter who is, is blazing fast as a high yeah. school student as well, which is going to be an interesting topic to discuss as we follow Sarah this year. On the men's side, C.J. Albertson, the most interesting man in running? I would say so. This guy <laughs> is seemingly willing to do and try anything. He has the indoor marathon world record and mm -hmm. the outdoor 5K, I'm sorry, outdoor 50 50K, 50K world record. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Quite a combination, <laughs> ultra runner slash indoor marathoner. Don't see that very often. Uh, also, <laughs> people might remember CJ taking it out hot at last year's U.S. Mm -hmm. Olympic trials, going right from the gun, which has kind of been yeah. something that he has done in numerous races. Nico Montanez mm -hmm. ran sub 210, getting just under 210 at Chicago this year. He is also the 15, has won the 15K championship yep. down at Gate River Run. He also finished third at the USATF Half Marathon Championships in 2021. Not mm. only did he finish third, sometimes those USATF championships aren't the best when it comes to um, when it comes to a field. This one, that was not the case. Let me just read you the top 10 in that race. It was Connor Mance, Sam Chalenga, then Nico Montanez, then Clayton Young, then Futsum, then Augustus oh, yeah. Mayo, then Leonard Career, then Morgan Pearson, then Frank Lara. 
to say mm. the least, that was a stacked group, and Nico was right up there running a 101 on the road in the half. Nice. Those four people wow. are absolutely going to be in contention for the top three, at least barring any sign of major setbacks or injury. That is for sure. And then we have the second group where they have not qualified for trials, and these people are wildly different from each other. Talk <laughs> about differences. We'll start with the men this time. And we've got Ramiro Guillen, DJ Curley, someone, Peter, that you know well. He was in your neck of the woods of the marathon. He just squeaked in under the marathon trials last year. He ran 217 mid, and obviously that is an incredible Wait, whoa, whoa, time. whoa, whoa, whoa. He got, that was back when it was tw- 219. 219. He got in yeah. by a minute and a, a half. Minute and a He's a good runner. <laughs> I was just trying to be nice to you, Peter. I was trying to, <laughs> trying to, trying to loop no, you into that screw. He's a great runner. He certainly yeah. is. And he's a master's runner now. He so is. these are yes. so that's, that's going to be an interesting thing. He actually also his wife, who Stephanie coaches, who's been on mm-hmm. the podcast many times, Melissa Guillen, uh, is an expectant mother as well. So yeah, so mm-hmm. not only is he going to be oh, qualifying, wow. hopefully qualifying for the trials again, he's got a baby on the way. This is going to be yeah. exciting uh, as a master's runner, baby on the way, and mm-hmm. trying to qualify for the trials. And there'll be some stories. The fastest <laughs> DJ you know, which is his tagline. <laughs> which is absolutely great um on the women's side again we're just doing a quick little quick hitters here we'll dive into them in a second we have danny moreno who when we talk about u.s road running fame is not the most well-known person on this list but if you were to put this roster of eight people in front of an international running Mm -hmm. crowd danny moreno might be number one in terms of popularity because of all because of her work on the trails in the Golden World Trail Series, where she has been absolutely phenomenal trail runner. And here she is, announced that she wants to qualify for the Olympic trials and the marathon. Stephanie, I don't think she's run she's run a marathon on trails. I don't think she's run a road marathon. I could she not find not, a time. No. no, this will be this will be her debut road marathon. Um Gosh, she is such a strong athlete. I'm she is probably my favorite, um, like in terms of like debut. And she'll also be de- I, I think she's also racing Boston. She sure is. Yeah, yeah. Nice. She's definitely my she's definitely my favorite um, out of the Boston field. She will be um, laughing year. at Heartbreak Hill. She'll be like, I oh, run yeah. OCC yeah. Heartbreak Hill. Yeah. What is this? I run the I run the UTMB marathon. This is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um so that'll be really saying good. So Dan Moreno is one of the so she ran UCSB, uh UC yes. Santa Barbara, and then has been in the trails basically ever since. Um fun fact, her and DJ Curley had the same coach. Yes. Mm. That's how they got to know each other. Even though they've had wildly divergent running mm-hmm. careers, actually had the same coach. Um, we have her back to the track, like we said, with Sarah Vaughn, Carmen Graves. Carmen Graves, steeplechaser by trade, but also, you know, we'll jump into a 5K, um, has kind of has like that semi pro feel as a runner. So she works full time, but then is one as qualified for the trials twice in the steeple. And she is hoping to qualify for the Olympic marathon trials through the half marathon. So everyone Ooh. knows, and we yeah. should have mentioned this at the beginning, for the men, it's 218 to qualify for the marath- to qualify for the Olympic trials marathon. For the women, it's 237. Last time it was 245. So a significant change on the women's side. For the for getting in for the half, last year, last time it was uh, 64 for the men. This year, it's 63. Last time, it was 73 for the women. This time, it's 72. So, Carmen is looking to get a 72-second half marathon, which would be roughly a five-minute improvement from her half marathon PR. Truth be told, oh. she hasn't run a lot of half marathons, so that PR is kind of... Soft. It, it, it basically is irrelevant for all intents and purposes, but it will be a... A robust half marathon time. That is for sure. So it'll be fun to follow along with her. If you've never seen or heard of Carmen Graves, I will say you have probably seen her because she is one of the faces of Tracksmith. So if you've seen a Tracksmith ad in the last 18 months, you probably have seen Carmen Graves um, in one, if not all of them uh, at this point. And then the last person that we're going to follow is Jeremy Rivera. Jeremy has been on the Rambling Runner podcast in one of the most popular episodes that we've ever had. Frankly, mm-hmm. and Jeremy's kind of taking the role similar to the one that Stephanie took in episode in, in season one, I should say, where Stephanie was trying to get the, getting to the trials was the goal, and certainly that's the case for for Carmen and Danny. But they're such high profile athletes, especially Danny, where like once she gets there, she is going to have bigger goals once she once she gets there. With Jeremy, she has had an incredible journey to this point because this is someone who six years ago was a four thirty marathoner. 
who mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. lost like in her marathon journey, you know, was like, you know, this, she lost like 60 pounds on the way mm-hmm. to just becoming more fit. That was her entree into running was just like, Hey, I want to lose weight. I want to be more active. And now she is just like a stone cold crusher. This woman yeah. is one of the most competitive people I've ever met in my life. Not just for an amateur athlete, just like mm-hmm. any athlete It is yeah. amazing how dedicated and just into her goals she is. Now she has run a 247 marathon. Now yeah. I should say this Houston, is a former 430 yeah. marathoner just a handful of years ago. She is wow. now brought down to 247. She recently ran a 121 half marathon. 121? 120, I think. I 120, read. okay. Yeah, yeah, something like that um, down in Florida. And she is just like on a mission. She hasn't taken a rest day in two years. She is one of those like, oh. I don't take rest days, I just crush kind of people. I think following her is going to be absolutely fantastic. Now, I just spoke very quickly about a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> Stephanie, I'm going to kick it to you. I know sure. that you are really excited about all these people, but specifically oh, yeah. Danny Moreno, oh, knowing gosh, everything yes. that all of, all of your connections to <laughs> her and through the trail and all of that. So how can you just, just give yeah. us some insight into this one? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, Danny Moreno, she had an incredible breakout year um, this past year in 2022. Granted, she has stacked, you know, solid performances on the trails and at an international level since 2018. Um, But for those listeners who might not be as familiar with Danny, um, she was third at OCC um, this past summer. OCC is the 55K distance um, that's part of the UTMB um, series. Um, that um, takes place over in Chamonix. Um, also, for your listeners, um, this is not just like your run-of-the-mill 50K. OCC is a 55K with like 11,000 feet of vertical gain. Um, Danny was the first American woman to ever podium at OCC, that specific distance. Um, yes, yeah, so she was third overall. She has an incredible kick. Um, I think that's what really stands out to me. Um, when it comes to the way Danny races, um, she put up an an awesome um, just kind of um, Instagram post talking through the place that she would start at for the first half of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the big races that she raced this year. Um, I think at the halfway point at OCC, she was 11th um, and she kind of let the field run away from her. She was she said she was very much aware that she was like top 15, but was like right around like 11 to 15. And then in the second half of that race, she like just put the hammer down um, in order to make it onto that podium in third. Against the the world's best in a short ultra, which is an insane thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, she has typically been a sub ultra um, distance uh, mountain athlete. So, you know, stepping up to OCC being 55K distance was really, really cool to see. Um, she was also third at Mont Blanc Marathon. Um, for your listeners, that is, you know, 42K, um, but it does run around Mont Blanc and it has 8,000 feet of vertical gain. Um, I, I can't quote her time there. It's kind of, the time for these is kind of irrelevant. She was also yeah. third, third at Mont Blanc. Um, and she had mentioned, I think she was running in, she was definitely like top 10 at the beginning and then ran her way to third um, in the second half. Um, Of note also, she was also fifth overall in the Golden Trail World Series um, in 2021. I mean, that is just, for any of your listeners not super familiar with, um, you know, the the rankings, like when it comes to um, sub-ultra distance mountain athletes, Golden, Golden Trail World Series is hands down, like the, in my opinion, the best kind of like ranking litmus test um the, the most kind of accurate and the most competitive um athletes um so she was we, i just want to highlight there. that too like just the yeah. athletic part of this like yes. yeah. the the athletic prowess of these people both mm-hmm. the men and women in the golden trail world series is absolutely phenomenal the the i would say some of the best youtube watching out there is what the golden trail world series has put out yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. espn level yes. quality after mm-hmm. each one of these races it's 20 minutes and it's absolutely phenomenal and you get this sense of like these people are just absolute physical freaks and the stuff that Mm -hmm. they're able to do and it's just it's just phenomenal i'm I'm in slack jawed every time i watch these races yeah and the intensity i'm aware of everything you're describing really seems like it'll translate from that sort of heart rate level of just hammering so hard because i think the longer Mm -hmm. distance is obviously the real ultras you way beyond 60k you can't really hum along right. at that heart rate or else you mm-hmm. just crash so it's um it, it's making more sense to me the more i learn about her that she would you know th- yeah. maybe thrive in that half marathon marathon zone because it sounds like yeah. she's just a crusher in that regard 
Yeah. Um, I think the other thing I noted, um, she did hop into a road um, 5K in 2022, I believe, over mm. the summer. Um, and just, I mean, I saw video video footage of her just cruising in like 1620, I think, 1624 or so. Um, it it honestly looked like a walk in the park for her. I don't want to like put words into her mouth, but uh, it, it looked, uh, and I, she did say that that was a PR for her. She hadn't um, really been doing, um, hopping into like road and track stuff um, that uh, this past year. So yeah, I, I'm very, very excited for her to make her marathon road debut. Um, I think she's verbalized too, that she is more like utilizing it um, again, not to put words in her mouth, but um, utilizing it like, you know, as a jumping, you know, jumping stone to the summer, um, build for fitness mm. and whatnot. Um, but still really exciting to see. All right, everybody want to take a quick break and give a shout out to Lagoon. That's right. Lagoon sleep. You heard me in the intro talking about their pillows. Oh my gosh. They are amazing this year. I'm really trying to take better care of myself both before and after my runs. And one of the areas that I'm really focusing on is sleep and not just about the time you the time you spend in bed obviously that's important but also making sure you have quality and not just quantity and that's a big thing right we talk about all the time with training quantity and quality same thing with sleep and part of that is your pillow i have the fox pillow that was the one that i got after taking the online quiz which was really interesting to take because you, you figure out like what what exactly do i need what do i need my pillow for how do i sleep what are my preferences and it makes a big difference. And this is a pillow I've had for over a month now. It's coincided with my biggest 30 days of training that I've ever had. And I feel really, really good. And I know a big reason for that is because of how I'm sleeping and how I'm sleeping is affected by my pillow and things are just going so well for me. Waking up from my morning runs has never felt better. I'm refreshed. I'm pain-free in large part thanks to Lagoon Pillow. So go to lagoonsleep.com. That's L-A-G-O-O-N sleep.com forward slash rambling. Take their awesome two-minute sleep quiz to find your match and then use code rambling for 15% off your first purchase today. Yeah, that's exciting. New faces and but already accomplished. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to I want to highlight Danny here because she's in this unique spot of like an unbelievably accomplished runner, but also mm -hmm. new to this to this endeavor, to this which sphere. is not yeah. a combination you see very often. That mm -hmm. is for sure. Like just like looking at like if you look at her her personal best on like her own website. Mm -hmm. it's like again it's, it's so funny because so many of these like don't like don't pertain right just like we mm -hmm. said carmen graves like half marathon mm -hmm. time but even then you're like all right so she ran let's see here like a 34 17 10k on the track it's like mm -hmm. also like when was the last time dana marina like ran a 10k on the track but obviously when she did like she was like very quick at the same time and mm -hmm. it's just so interesting to see some of this and how it how it lingers especially for someone who's doing Again, all these trail races, again, this is sub ultra. So you're talking mm -hmm. about someone who still needs to bring absolute speed, who's going to be, yeah. you know, whose heart rate is going to be like through the roof on these amazing climbs that they're running, right? They're not like power hiking these climbs and like when they're in Zagama, like they are absolutely throwing it uphill, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that, which is so interesting. And, and seeing like Peter, how you said, how like that sort of heart rate management um, yeah. is going to, is going to, you know, translate to this because you're thinking about overall time on feet some of these races aren't going to be a whole lot different than some of her marathon experiences even though they're sub ultra like again being on her feet for two hours and 30 minutes isn't going to be like you know any different for her just in terms of mm -hmm. some of the racing she's done recently yeah that'll be exciting all right so i know that was again these we're not going to say favorites here, but I know that you were really excited <laughs> to talk about Danny stuff. I Peter, was. I'm going to go to you now. Is there someone that you you saw the list and we were talking back and forth as I was trying to get the roster going? <laughs> Stephanie, you too. Is there a certain person that you are uh, really excited to follow along over the next year? Um, this is rare, but CJ never disappoints me. Like, and I don't, maybe I'm just setting him up to disappoint because who can live <laughs> up to that? But like, the man just goes out and crushes all the time. Um, I was thinking about a good analogy and it's almost like the guy, if you're in the backyard playing cornhole and the, the friend who's like, well, check this out. And the one who can just chuck it way, way into the sky. And then it comes arcing down and drops straight through the hole. And you're like, wow. I mean, that was still only worth three points, but damn, what did you like? You're like, you got to see this guy throw. And then, you know, maybe his friend is the one who just like gets him onto the board, a few slide in and maybe his, his friend wins. 
but you're like, you got to see my friend, this other guy who throws it way high in the sky. Uh, um, I had the pleasure of riding out to the grandma's marathon start this June uh, with CJ. Like it was a little bit of like, I, I was already on the bus and he walks on and I'm like, Hey, I got some spot. I got, I'd love to pass the time picking your brain. Um, I have a, you know, just as the storyteller and fan in me, I am a much bigger fan of the people who throw it out there, who are leading the Boston Marathon, who are mm-hmm. taking a chance on a dream to break away and have that day. I have deep respect and admiration for the people who, you know, run smooth splits and finish up um, high up. But, you know, I, I'm i the first one to defend the people the athletes who like take shots and go for things. Um, so I've been a big fan of all of his endeavors. And um, I feel like back when Twitter, uh, running Twitter was more thriving, I would end up just like screenshotting some of his Strava stuff and putting it on there. And it would just go nuts. Like people would um, retweet it because they're just like, what is, what? Like, what is this? Um, there, I mean, most of the time when we text around things, he does, he does some Strava, the, the answer, the re- reply is like, wait, what? Like, but whether it's the day he ran his CIM or it's the next day when he ran, runs like five or six miles at 5.30 pace around like downtown Sacramento. <laughs> and you're like, why? Like, why? But you can't look away. So, um, you know, Sidious Mag has done some interviews with him and some video stuff where you're like, wait a second, <laughs> really? Like, he's just a dude, you know, he's a coach um, and he's trying things. And I'm excited to hear what he what plans he might reveal to you. He was talking to me about his approach to different, you know, finding different races to both maximize his Brooks contract, but also chase other dreams. So like, mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, he's been you know, open I, and honest about that too. He's been like, his members, I think, was it Finn Melanson who asked him? Might've been someone else who asked him about like going for the 50 K world championship mm-hmm. world record. And he's like, what, how does that play into you know, your, your, basically your strategy as professional runner? He's like, Oh, I got a really good bonus from it from my sponsor, yeah. and I felt like I really should go after that. So I'm going to go do it. And he's like, I was I was training for a marathon at the time. I was like, yeah, I'm probably in pretty good shape for that. And he goes, I didn't wasn't tapered or anything. I was just like, oh, I'll just give it a try, and I went and did it. And it's like a casual two thirty eight. There are like ten things in that sentence I want to dissect, right? And it's yeah, just like exactly. that's just CJ. And you're like, this is amazing. I remember I, I had him on the Railing Runner when he, after he broke the indoor marathon world record at the Armory. So it wasn't just like that. He did it indoors. He did it on a two hundred meter track and he ran 217 on a 200 meter banked track it's like oh my god this is insane and remember i don't know if it was my interview or someone else's i've consumed so many cj albertson interviews at this point who's to say but (laughs) he was basically i don't know if i'm paraphrasing here or quoting him exactly but i think one of my favorite lines from him was like hey i didn't run foot locker I wasn't the guy yeah. that was destined to do any of this. So I'm not going to do everything that everyone else is doing who was destined to do this. Like if mm-hmm. I do all the stuff that they're going to do, then they're going to win. Mm. I wasn't one of those guys. So I'm not going to train like them because if I do, what the heck is the point? Like I'm, mm. I was an outsider. I'm going to continue to be an outsider and I'm going to embrace it for all it's worth. And I hope he continues to do that. Not only because it's super interesting. I love following it, but it's going to be fun to talk through it as well. Yeah, I would. I mean, and then I, I don't want to only go to the, the guy crusher that I'm excited for. Um, I'm excited for Nell to you know have a journey yeah. this year and see where um, she. I find Nell just to be honest, I find her intimidating. <laughs> I find her to be like <laughs> pretty badass and pretty hardcore and pretty like shut up, no bullshit. Um, Mm-hmm. Like talking about what she's going to do and attempting to do it, and like her back to back Boston's yeah. um, are you know, they speak for themselves. So it'll be interesting. I think I, I'll, I'm the first to say that I'm disappointed. They picked a totally pancake flat Florida course. There's all the drama around how it ended up that I would have liked to see a little bit more rolling Hills that might have given mm-hmm. some of these athletes like more to work with, uh, more to mess with yeah. each other as competitors. Um, so it'll be, mm-hmm. I guess that translates then to, you know, the Fobbles and the Nels, Nels of the world. Like what, might what surges might they end up throwing in next February? Mm. What things might they try? Mm. Yeah, that's right. Because how do you? And then we'll talk about this many times going to that race. But you know, with these kinds of races, there are no rabbits. Who takes the mm-hmm. lead? Who's going to go out there and set the pace? And does CG Albertson go? You know, from plucky 
darling to like actually you're one of the favorites now are you still gonna oh. race mm-hmm. like that as a favorite yeah. or was that like hey i have point. nothing to lose let's go set the road on fire and like that's great but like are you gonna run that way if you're the favorite right or are you gonna be oh. like we just looking back at like the the last marathon trials where galen rupp was like i'll just i'll just stay back here with the group yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm calm I'm content and I need to make my move. I'll make my move. I'm fine. The thing we right? know about Galen is that he will find someone to sit on. He will piss that person off. Yeah. He will eventually. <laughs> I mean, I love Galen. It's a whole different thing. I'm like, hey, you got something that works. The most badass <laughs> thing I ever heard him say was um, he when he ran a half marathon during the pandemic, he said, I really, I mean, to be clear, I'm taking COVID really seriously. I haven't run with anyone since mile 17 of the trials. And I was like, oh, that was... <laughs> <laughs> burn. Cold. Oh yeah, burn. You mean when I took off? I took off. Uh, no. Um so these guys, yeah, I'm hopeful that we get to hear like again, like I wouldn't expect it would be on you to get something out of them like this time next year when they're really like, mm. you know, leading up. In those last 3 months it can be like, how is it? Well, I'm training really hard. But I mean, I'm I'll be curious to see what things they're willing to talk about they're trying and skills they're working on in the yeah. next six months yeah for sure and I'm, I'm expecting them to be pretty cagey um as, as, <laughs> as anyone would expect right you wouldn't be like someone completely telegraphing a move like well yeah, let me tell yeah. you what's going to happen at mile 12.7 <laughs> let me just tell go. you matt Chittam, and hopefully no one listens um so no it will, uh, be, it will definitely be interesting but at the same time like it's it's um you looking back on it like you never as interesting as the, the first season was, there was only so much you could take, like heading mm. into it, right? Like, like the betting, like taking people back to pre-Atlanta, like just looking at the men's field, it was like, all right, it's Galen is the clear favorite, Jared is the clear, Jared Ward is the clear number two, and basically every prognostication was like, who's gonna be third? And, like, you mm-hmm. can go back and look at all, like, the Sidious Mag and Let's Run, and they have all, like, the polls, which was, like, interesting. Like, it was, like, the reader polls, not, like, their expert polls. And it was always, like, Galen Rupp, Jared Ward, and then, like, 12 different people listed as, like, the mm. third person, right? And on the oh. women's side, it was definitely, like, a, it was a little bit more condensed in terms of, like, there were definitely favorites, but it was much more, like, it could be any of these, like, six people kind mm. of feel. But even then, like, Molly Seidel was, was rarely put in the top six there. And then Alephine, it was kind of like no one really knew because she was coming off of an injury. And the people who lived in Flagstaff were like, she's crushing. She's yeah. crushing. Mm-hmm. But people weren't exactly sure because she was in – in August, she was in Africa. Then she was coming back off of an injury. And then she, like, had a quick little buildup. And then she went and smashed. So even mm-hmm. then, like, it was like, what do we expect from Alephine? And then looking back on it, like, Kellen had a stress fracture we didn't know about, like, in the, in the – you know, leading into it. So it's like – you look back on you're like, oh my god, like that's right. Like it seems almost like preordained after the fact when you're uh, like, oh Molly Seidel, that was a great story, and she goes to try and she goes to the Olympics and runs well. But like you forget, like leading in, like how many people had yeah. her penciled in to be on the podium? Mm-hmm. Like uh, not many. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, I'm a, I'm a fan of the fact that they lowered the half marathon times. When I I wrote that article about reimagining the trials a couple years ago, and um. We even discussed like getting rid of the half marathon qualifier because mm. we're like, come on, like run a marathon if you want to run the event. Yeah, run the event. Um, but I, I think it adds, particularly with the lower time, it adds. Yeah. Like essentially, if those people are in the pack, the other athletes are like, oh God, we don't want them to be around for very long because they're <laughs> quite quick. Um, so yeah. seeing more of these women go to Houston and run one eleven, mm-hmm. you know, low and high, and um, you start. You go, wow, okay, that'll be interesting. It'll be exciting to see them on the course. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Steph, let's talk about this for a second. Like, you think about, yeah. all right, so 112 is the half marathon time for the women, which we're going to focus on right now because that's the mm-hmm. one that Carmen Graves is going to shoot for. Yeah. Like, that is a, an extremely robust half marathon time. Oh, um, yeah. You know, if you look at some of these running calculators out there, again, none of them are perfect, but that basically, almost all of them say that that is the rough equivalent of a 230 marathon. Mm-hmm. So that is like, again, that that's the real deal. So when you see someone yeah. saying, all right, I've never run this distance before, but I'm going to go for the half. What, what's your what's your take on that? Because I think this is going to be a fascinating thing to watch. 
Yeah. Well, actually, I what I was just thinking of when you guys brought up Molly was like, I think that's that's what a lot, that's what everyone was saying, you know, about Molly heading in. It's like, oh, well, you know, the trials is her first, you know, crack at the distance. It's like, yeah, but I, I think like what we all not like what we forget, but I think like what maybe the general public forgets is like, of course, they're training for it. I mean, of course, they're like putting in yeah. the long runs of poor. Of course, they're going like I I, I think um, Sarah Hall had mentioned like she was on that streak for a while in her training where like she was literally running like twenty six point two, like twenty seven <laughs> yeah. miles every weekend, like leading into um like Chicago, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure she mentioned that, um, you know, not to say that like someone like Carmen or like anyone else, any other women who are or men that are just going for the half marathon standard or training in that way. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think it is interesting and a fun, like wild card to have where it's like, yeah, like, like Peter mentioned, like, you know, these people running and like getting the half marathon standard have a lot of leg speed in them. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see their kind of training, um, like building up their mileage and things like that heading in. Yeah, when you see some, obviously, if, if you know, looking at Carmen, who's spent a lot of time at the three k and the five k, mm-hmm. obviously those are still while you know you're you're redlining for a large portion of time. That is mostly an aerobic driven event. Yeah. With that mm-hmm. being said, so when you see someone who focuses mm-hmm. on that. Again, not knowing her training in particular, but like, is it a dra- could it be a drastic change going to more half marathon marathon focus, or is there a way that that could be pretty seamlessly done without being a complete revolution in terms of training protocol? I think that's a great question to ask Sarah Vaughn. Honestly, I know, right? Our yeah. middle distance, st- you know, I mean, I, everyone was like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, she's making the, the breakaway, you know, from the fifteen hundred, like three k, like into the marathon, and. I guess for me, like, at, like you know, objectively, I'm like, she's had four kids. Like, like <laughs> I don't think the marathon, like, it, like I think <laughs> she's got it. Um, you know, um, that that's kind of where my mind went with that. But um, I think that would be a great conversation to have with Sarah um, about her transition um, and what that was like, um, you know, building up the mileage and things like that. So I, I actually asked Sarah that question prior to CIM as part of the live show in Sacramento. <laughs> And she was just kind of like, obviously it's a change, but for the <laughs> truth be told, I was always a high mileage runner. So right. like, right. it really was in terms of like overall mileage. She's like, mm-hmm. it didn't really my overall mileage didn't change. Was uh, her point? She's yeah. like, yeah. my long runs lengthened, mm-hmm. and the kind of work I was doing within my long runs changed for sure. She goes, but like. I was already putting in like two hour long runs on the weekend. Like I was already yeah. putting in 80 to right. 85 miles a week. Right. Like this wasn't a drastic mm-hmm. change for her. It was more just like, okay, how often am I going to be like yeah. hitting my VO2 max and workouts versus going Good more point. threshold pace and, and hitting more marathon effort and some of my other things. Um, but for her, she was just kind of like not much do about nothing kind of vibes but that oh. was it was kind of in that range yeah, in terms of point. like this is just kind of what i've been doing for a long time and like this training is not a whole lot different than other training and she lives like in like running center usa like or one yeah. of them living yeah. in boulder so like she's living around like the best marathoners in the world or some of them mm-hmm. at least um all year round so like for her again it wasn't that different and carmen mm-hmm. is now Car- and carmen, to colorado yeah, so, I was just here, gonna say, so she's yeah. gonna be oh. trying to do the same too. sort of thing yeah yeah she'll benefit yeah, you from ask that. Them, like you essentially ask them how they like the long run, you know, and what, Mm -hmm. how the long run stacks up relative to the other days of the training of the week. And, you know, I have friends who I train with and they're like, Oh, the long run fine. And then I have others who are like, Oh, here we go. You know, it's my favorite day of the week. And so it's those, Mm -hmm. even if they haven't raced a marathon that play to it well. Yeah. It would be interesting. And uh, it would be interesting to see how the calendar breaks out um <laughs> over the next 12 months right because we i mentioned before last year houston was like was the end right that was the last race in the window heading mm-hmm. into um heading yeah. into atlanta this year unless like a new race pops up it's going to be cim CIM, yeah yeah right well it's going to make the cim win- yeah. it's gonna make the cim finish line even crazier than yeah. it was in, mm-hmm. in 2019 which will be wild. there is no that'll be the last weekend that's in the window so there's yes. like yeah. No, yeah. yeah oh yeah, that's exactly. right there's, you're right it wasn't yeah, there's there's no time if you yeah. line back the uh calendar so yeah i think mm-hmm. cim is going to be bonkers and that'll yeah. be exciting mm-hmm. excited for that we'll definitely. be there we'll be there for that for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm curious about for the it's early enough in february that i think 
it's going to get a little wonky for the real top tier athletes who want to get the payday in New York because yeah. it starts to be like November, December, January is really your three month buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some of these people also with super shoes can do amazing things. Um, but I think even New York with how early it is, you'd be hard pressed to say it's perfect to race yeah. on like November, th- whatever, or third, mm-hmm. early November. And then say, so th- it'll be interesting how that plays in uh, for the people who have a shot at, you know, really yeah. willing to qualify. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if like the Chicago field will be a bit more stacked this year because yeah. of that. Um yeah. Be are there, are there marathons that you think as well that might garner some of these like especially especially pros, right? So no not pros, but someone who's thinking that they have a legitimate chance to podium or someone who's like maybe I'm not there, but maybe I want the trials to be my PR race. Like I want to go yeah. there and I want to show out, right? So those people probably are not going to be running CIM, for instance, for instance, mm-hmm. right? So like CIM has yeah. now like had oh, people no. run sub two thirty the past few years. Like you would assume anyone who's going to run sub two thirty at CIM is probably not going to be running CIM, right? Right. Right. Twenty twenty three. We mentioned New York. That could be a tough one but at the same time it's also a big payday so that could be it could mm-hmm. be it could be tough especially if a couple people turn it down then all of a sudden someone who maybe didn't expect to get a payday is going to be in line for one maybe mm-hmm. that could help are there other races that could maybe see a a boom because of the timing here mm-hmm. like and you mentioned think, chicago is potentially yeah. one of them but maybe it's not even a world marathon major i don't know oh right. really yeah i was gonna say yeah. i think some of the pros will probably end up in berlin because it's mm-hmm. like, yeah you know you could mm-hmm. still have the time to cycle down and then really get after it um yeah but yeah, I don't know. Some of them, some of those top tier athletes, like don't even n- need to actually race that much in that in mm-hmm. that six months leading up to it. You know, it's like we love to see yeah. them race and um, <laughs> stack that calendar. But you're like, it's not that they have to prove it to themselves um, right. when it really comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question, right? Because there is there something to be said, or is there certain spots in people's careers where racing that marathon in the four to five months leading out is a benefit versus there are there certain running makeups where like experiences that lends themselves to being like, you know, you know what? I could probably just race a few halves Um, here or I could focus mm -hmm. on, you know, like the, the new Haven 20 K or things like that. Um, that maybe alters the the play here, um, for certain people. Like, like it's just, for example, like comparing, I'm trying to think here, like maybe like a, a newer pro versus a more experienced pro. Like, so I'm not even choose people on the roster right now, but say someone who is like a Connor Mance versus a Scott Fobble, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. it's maybe who have, you know, who are going to be legitimate favorites to be on the podium, but whose running experiences are wildly different considering mm-hmm. how similar um, their, their, their careers are. Maybe both of them have very different takes on like what that recovery might mean or bouncing mm-hmm. back might mean from a, a fall marathon versus the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, there's all these races that are yeah in that middle zone, you know, there's a 20, 20 K 20, a half marathon, 25 K mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, I've never run a 20 K and you're like, well, you've run a half marathon. They're like, it just <laughs> sucks like a little less, but it's basically the same. Um, so I, for, I all find... to, for anyone who's, who's listening to this right now, a marathon is 42 K. So obviously half marathon is 21 K. So it's only one K only yeah. one K yeah. difference. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 20 K versus 21 K 21.1. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just ridiculous. But um, yeah, I think, that's where you start to get into how the running world pro pro running is actually a whole bunch of different things all map like smish mashed together. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just as we head into the track season, I was hearing on podcasts and reading about how with like the track and marathon worlds are sort of diverging because mm-hmm. the track is getting the time standards and yada yada are i don't want to bore anyone but they're getting so fast because they're trying to create a whole point system that it's going to be we traditionally would have you know some of our best runners in the last two decades would go to the marathon trials and if they didn't make it then they would recover and gear up for the track um (laughs) and that's less and less it's still 
possible if you're like just a really great athlete but it's um some of the best track athletes are having to really really focus um to give themselves the peace of mind that they hit the times and they're they're working back like a year and a half from the trials so you start to be like oh wow we might not get as many people running the marathon trials if they don't think they have a really good shot because the two worlds are a little bit further apart than they used to be that's really far inside baseball but it's um no, it's important. Think about the 2020 trials, right? Yeah. I mean, think about one of the one of the key one of the favorites in that race, and she will be one of the, if not the top favorite in 2024, was Emily Sisson, mm-hmm. right? And she never explicitly said after the fact, but I think if you read between the lines and in the, in the interviews she did, it was like this race wasn't going well. I could tell that I wasn't going to be top three, and I had an eye towards the 10K for the track trials again. The track trials yeah. ended getting postponed a year because of COVID, but that was the thing that was actually the. It seemed as though again, I don't want to take yeah. words out of her mouth, especially if no, they're incorrect. But, but that that was the sense of the interviews after the fact. The fact mm-hmm. that there was like in, she was actually considering Plan B while she was still in mm-hmm. in the offing for Plan A. I love how professional both of you are. You're like, I don't want to put words in there. Her and Molly <laughs> Huddle, two training partners, both dropped out of the race when they were having right. that race. And I'm like, do you? How much money would I put on that their coach said, if it's not going well, we got a Draw, 10K you need to qualify. For the 10K, yeah, double yeah. back. And they're both yeah. such stud runners that you're like, yeah, yeah. they could do that. Um, I yeah, hope those that's would, still possible. But. Those would be the two athletes that, like Peter just mentioned, have like the range like in order to mm-hmm. do that. Like Emily Sisson immediately, obviously, came to mind. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah Man, for sure. there are some, it, it's going to be exciting because you start to get like, my brain like, when it focuses, when you mention someone, I'm like, oh, she's definitely a favorite. And then I'm like, oh, wow, I'm forgetting about these three other people. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll be exciting. And we're going to see yeah. a lot of these people in Boston. That is for oh, sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, the track trials. I'm going to start the trails. There you go. So, I'm talking about track. I'm, like, mixing up my words. The marathon trials are a year away. But we're going to see a preview in Boston for mm-hmm. almost all of the athletes who we're mm-hmm. going to be following here. Um, we, I should say, everyone's probably looking up all of these runners. And I hope you do. You know, mm-hmm. shout out to Nico Montanez, who... Yeah. Did he did? You'll yeah. see a two nineteen at Boston. You'd be like, "Wow, he ran a two hundred nine Chicago. How do you run a two nineteen Boston?" He got a root canal two days before that race. I just want oh. to throw it out there. Oh if you're gonna put an asterisk oh. on a race, he did run a root canal two days before that race. So, just if people are doing their little <laughs> internet research, I'm like, "Hey, I want to learn more about these runners? Please yeah. do." But also, shout out to Nico. Incredibly <laughs> tough, incredibly yeah. fast, living out in Mammoth Lakes and tra- yeah. training in the snow right now. You know, he's he also kind of obviously guy. super tough to go yeah. run that race after that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the kind of guy I've heard him mention when he when he ran a sub two ten. He got a lot of shout outs from other athletes, which indicated to me that uh, they've known he was quite good. They were waiting for something like that to happen, and mm-hmm. they, he's the kind of guy if if he's in the pack on the, the day at the trials, everyone's going to be like, we don't want this guy around uh, for mm-hmm. very late. Like we got to make moves to get away from him. So he'll definitely be exciting to see what his buildup is like. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he showed it at the 15 K he then mm-hmm. did it at, mm-hmm. in the half marathon and now he's done at the marathon. So mm-hmm. he might not be to maybe some of our more amateur running followers, um, a name that immediately comes to mind for some of this stuff. But when you look at his his bio and what he's been able to do with the last couple of years, he's absolutely in the group of, of top people who could really make a make moves on that day. And you know, hey, and he's also done well in Florida, right? Gate River is in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I also I have to remember remind so Jake Riley finishing second. I <laughs> like to yes. a couple of years ago I like to say like he sort of ruined um a whole nother generation of men's um you know aspirations for the marathon because it hit, we had had like a whole series of trials where the top three were really like you know you had Abdi you had Galen mm-hmm. you had um, you know you have these you have Meb 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 and you start to go okay qualifying is probably so back in my day like back in 2007 Brian Sell uh, qualified and it just like opened up this whole window for mm. so many men who were like oh, I could be Brian Sell no one had ever heard mm. of Brian Sell and so I feel like you fast forward. 13 years and suddenly you have Jake Riley and everyone's like, I, I don't know if I could be Abdi. I'm not sure if I could be Galen, but I could be Jake Riley. And so um, there's a lot of names that you go, could they, are they a sure thing? No, but could they be Jake Riley? Yeah, they could definitely, maybe. Mm, right. And on the women's side in, for that race, it wasn't Molly Seidel, even though every single headline in major newspapers like mistold the story every time. It's like, barista qualifies oh for the, oh, yeah. it's like, I know. like, 
<laughs> she was the best, like the best runner in like her age group for like ten straight years. Like, yeah, was, like, she was like as good as anybody. But mm-hmm. um, but Julia Conan, who then became Julia Giffey, mm. like yeah. getting top ten. That was like wait, yeah. wait, what? Like obviously people mm-hmm. who knew the sport knew. But, like again, college soccer player mm-hmm. was in St. Louis, was not this big household name. All of a sudden she's like, and again she stands out. Like she was taller than like almost all mm-hmm. the other women in the pack. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, who's that? Right? If you didn't know, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. here she is, top ten, top gets 10, a, gets yeah. a Nazali contract out of it, mm-hmm. and it was like wow, like. What an exciting turn of events. Again, not second like Jake Riley, who had his own unique story, but it was one of those like, oh, wow, like, if, wait, if she can do it, college soccer player only does one mm-hmm. year of college running, like, what about me? What what can I what can I possibly do? And obviously mm-hmm. she's a, you know, a, you know, a genetic freak and an unbelievable runner, but I think it does, like, again... It kind of gives you that little little tidbit of like what if, and that people can can really take that and literally and figuratively run with it. Mm-hmm. That'll make it exciting for sure. Yeah. All right, Stephanie. Before we get going, mm-hmm. anything you want to say before before we skid out? I feel like Peter and I have kind of monopolized the mic. No, here a you bit guys. The past you guys are minutes. fine. You guys are fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I um, I just want to give a shout out um, to my friend Curly. I'm very excited to see his build and his lead up in. Um, he uh, recently turned 40. New Masters athlete. Um, I know he ran. I think he ran uh, 109 and a half in November in 2022. Mm. Uh, he had mentioned to me that like you know he was not in like OTQ shape quite yet. Um, but he was like building back. Um, you know, Peter, you raced um, CIM and um, last. Is it no? I was about is to say it... last month. But yeah, it's still last month. It's not February. Yeah, yeah. Yet, oh, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, I think um, Curly ran right around 226, um, and he had mentioned like great place to jump off from. Um, excited to work on his fitness from there. I'm I'm really looking forward to his journey and following along. Um, like Matt mentioned, um, soon to be a dad of three. Wonderful um, wife Melissa. Um, just a really really cool story. Of note, also I know we also mentioned he's a DJ, but he just recently shared that he like is booked like every single weekend through like oh. June or something like that. Like. DJing, which I think does that is, count as a double? I mean, <laughs> it's time on feet. It's, yeah, it's loud. Um, I, I just I think that's in, like incredible. Um, that's and awesome. Just, and just kind of like fitting that in um, throughout his training and everything like that. I'm excited to see his build. Um, yeah, he fires me up. I'm excited. Does he does, he, does yeah. he wear a rabbit to the to the club? Like, what, what, what's the I outfit? Don't know. Does he does he go does he go the Galen Rupp cut singlet? What what, is, oh, what are the dear. options? Oh dear. <laughs> I will say yeah, Curly. I mean, what what an awesome guy that is for yeah. sure. And not but not only that, obviously he's the best guy. But in addition to that, he's actually leading a group mm. down in SoCal of mm-hmm. like younger yes younger yeah. runners like young yeah. 20s mm. mid 20s mm-hmm. who are like hey yeah. I want to qualify for the trials so he is leading this like mm-hmm. you know this casual group of like hey let's, let's kind of work yeah. this together he's not their formal coach or anything but like really kind of like providing guidance for Mentorship. them yeah. as they try to you know proceed down this and this is going to be really exciting so I remember I was oh. talking to him mm-hmm. about like hey are you going to go for it again like I know you did in 2020 mm-hmm. are you going to go for it in 2024 because if you want are like we'd love to have you on the show he's like man i'm all in 100 he's like don't worry about cim yeah. don't worry about that i'm yeah, all in he goes i'm leading this group we're all going for it and i i just can't wow. wait to, to, to listen to that as well it's it's insane like he tells me like he's like you know these guys are like half my age some of them are like 19 you know he just turned 40 <laughs> i mean it's crazy and he's like they call me dad but then yeah. anyone that you know i highly recommend anyone like hop on strava and follow curly um he shares his workouts like on social media as well i mean they're so everyone talks about that, right? Like training with, you know, putting yourself with others, you know, who are faster than you, but you know, maybe better than you. Um, and just seeing how much you can get out of yourself by doing that. And like perfect example right there with Curly. Um, he was yeah. just, he was just sharing his like, you know, 449 mile like repeats, like, you know, like, like Matt said with his younger um, training group. And I just think that's really, really cool. A really neat dynamic they have down there. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just say, um, again, we're going to be doing full, intro episodes with everybody over the first four weeks of road to the trial so go on to road to the trials and subscribe if you haven't already done so also as i'm looking up the episode that journey was on so i can provide that for you for on rambling runner i will say that used to be road to the olympic trials and until peter correctly <laughs> before season two was like hey quick question are you sure 
that you're allowed to use the word Olympic in your <laughs> title? I'm like, no, I am not. And I am I changing that. the name today because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> like, I might know a lot of lawyers, but they employ a lot of lawyers. So there yeah. we go. No, so yeah. obviously we're going to do another podcast during your very soon, but she was on Rambling Runner episode nice. 276. Cool. So that was October 11th, 2020. She was already doing amazing things back then to put it in perspective. <laughs> she had just like, you know, she was on a mission back then, but it seems like every year she just continues to like, you know, more, Chop more, more, more yeah. just igniting mm-hmm. the fire. And like back then, like it was, it was amazing. Cause like she had just come on the show and she had just set her 5k PR of 1907. And it was like, yes, I did it. Like that was a big thing. And then you look at her now, it's like, she's trying to go to the Olympic right. trials. Like it is going to be a fun journey to follow her. Please join us on the road to the trials feed. We're going to be coming to you about six times a month. That's the plan, right? Wow. So it's going to be one or, wow. two, one or two times a week is going to be the plan. Obviously, that will change depending on what's going on. Around Boston, it'll probably be a little bit more. If it's a down month, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit less. So unlike Rambling Runner, where it's every Monday and every Friday, it will be a little bit less systematic on Road to the Trials. But when there's stuff going on, we will be bringing it to you. No question about that. Stephanie and Peter, thank you so much for joining me on this announcement and preview episode. Yeah. So excited. Thanks for having us. I said this would be 20 minutes. We went 62 minutes, but oh. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're if you're tra- if you're planning to qualify for the men's Olympic trials in the half marathon, all you have to do is beat us to the I end of this episode, and you will have that. qualified. You have already finished. <laughs> wow! All right, thanks, guys. Thank you for listening, and happy running. Thank you. <laughs>